Coming to you on some serious tape delay via a podcast near you. From that hockey hotbed of San Jose, California, it's Dudes on Hockey. He is now accepting callers. He is calling me Dude. And now your hosts, Mike and Doug. Hey there, and welcome to the Dudes on Hockey Podcast. I'm Mike, that's Doug. Dude, happy Valentine's Day to my favorite Valentine. Happy Valentine's Day to you, dude. It's great that we're together. I know. We've had a long, budding relationship for uh, over 20 years. It's been a while. Yeah. So, uh, still waiting for you to ask me out. Hasn't happened yet. We just All we do is sit and talk, dude. Hope springs eternal. (laughs) Oh, Well, dude, we've got some uh, Sharks Pacific Division hockey to recap. Also can uh, try and speculate about the upcoming trade deadline, which will be here in two weeks, and venture another guess as to where the Sharks may fall. We can also make fun of the Kings for trading for Dion Phaneuf. But they got rid of Marion Gabbard. They did. Where shall we start? I don't know. Let's start with the Sharks, dude, who lost to the worst team in the NHL last night. They sure did, dude. And uh, that was disappointing. (laughs) (laughs) The Coyotes looked bad even though they won. They were not good. And the Sharks... The Sharks... Sharks, worse. No, I don't think that they did. I mean, I, I think that they were... They were the better team. The, first of all, not an excuse, dude, but I'm going to give two excuses. All right. Okay. You know what? I am going to give two excuses. Good. Tomas Hurdle left the game in the first period, which really screwed up everything. Mm-hmm. And he's been one of the Sharks' best players, especially since Joe's been out. And then now all of a sudden, Brent Burns is playing forward, right. which probably had, you know, some people who listened to this podcast. Uh, very excited, titillated, if I may say, (laughs) that Pete DeBoer has finally seen the error of his ways and Brent Burns will be a forward again. He almost scored, but um, that happened. He was kind of playing both, you Mm -hmm. know, Mm -hmm. but they had a void up front, so they ended up, you know, moving him up for some shifts. And um, the referees last night were so awful the second period was so it was embarrassing. They uh, missed so many calls on the Coyotes. Some of them blatantly right in front of their faces. I couldn't really. It, even Brett Brett Hedekin, I think at one point said, "If they don't make this call, I'm coming over the glass or over wow. the boards." Like I mean, like he was really animated. In between the benches, like the teams were kind of yelling at each other, and he was talking trash about the Coyotes, which is sort of <laughs> very uncharacteristic yeah, for him. Yeah, it was it was not good. You know, even um, Randy Hahn was getting a little uh, heated about it. There were some missed calls, some roughing calls uh, that were not made, and they were blatant. They were bad, and it was almost like the refs they kept going over the Coyotes bench and like. Like warning yeah. them. And don't warn them. Call it. Don't hit them in the face with your stick again, okay? Right. Yeah, that's exactly what happened. Hey, Logan Couture, take this in the face. No call. And it was irritating. The Sharks should have had a couple of penalties, uh, a couple of power plays. Didn't. And, you know, I, 
when you're not given that opportunity, when you have one of the most effective power plays in the league, you know, could the game have swung there? Possibly. Um, I just didn't like watching a game at the tank, feeling like the Coyotes were being given like the Pittsburgh Penguin treatment. Yeah. Like they, no one called Jack against them and it was irritating. And I think that stinks, dude. And that's not very Valentine's Day-ish of the refs. So, <laughs> well, you know, maybe they just want to get out of there and they're going to fly yeah. home for a date or something. Oh, boy. Dude. Is that so, your is that your Yeah, that's rant? my rant. I, w- I was unhappy. I felt like the Sharks got jobbed a little bit last night. They didn't play very well, but they didn't play horribly. And I thought that, um, you know, the hurdle injury was really threw them off. It was, it was very disappointing you're sort of counting this game as like a layup based on their performance over the weekend mm-hmm. where they beat Edmonton on Saturday night and then they go down to Anaheim and dig themselves out of a 2 nothing hole mm-hmm. and beat the Ducks in the shootout, which, you know, another one of the best wins of the year. I mean, yeah. like, and they do it without Jumbo. It was very impressive. And I thought, ah, well, you know, they're going to... Give Arizona kind of a beat down here. No. 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 And after it went, and it was a pretty disappointing game against Vegas, I think, because the Sharks were leading. Right. Ended up losing five to three. Right. Sort of little well, misleading. The final score a little misleading. It I was think. an empty net, but it was it was close. The Sharks were up three to two. They were and they ended up losing. Yeah. That's uh Disappointing again, yeah. dude. You know, to, so now, oh, and Ward is out as well. Ward got hurt. Yeah, Joel Ward is out. I so, I don't know how much of a big deal that is. I I thought Yannick Hansen's actually played fine. Fine. You know, in in his uh, in his place. Um, but the hurdle injury, if that's a long term thing, it's over, dude. <laughs> yeah, it's bad. And for for us, it may have already been over, anyways. But. You know, the Sharks still have, they've continued to find a way to win without Joe Thornton. And they, last night, it was disappointing that they had an opportunity to get five points up on Calgary and LA and Anaheim, and they weren't able to do it. And because uh, those teams all lost. So, sorry, they would have been four points up on Calgary and five points up on the Ducks and the Kings. And now. They're just two points ahead of the Flames in the third spot and in a very vulnerable position with L.A. and Anaheim. So, um, difficult. I mean, the, but, you know, it, it wasn't their night, dude. It no, wasn't no. their night for several reasons. These, you know, there's some games that happen every year that are of this variety where it's a good... A team that seems to be playing pretty well loses to a team that's not playing at, at all well, and it happens. That's the NHL. Right. And, you know, I mean, for as bad as Arizona has been for a team that is 15 and 42, essentially. Right. If you're counting their tie losses. Yeah. yeah. They have gone five and five in their last 10. So, yeah. you know, um, they're playing, uh, dare we say, the best hockey of the season right now. <laughs> yeah. 500 <laughs> at hockey. Five, at 500 hockey. So, yeah. Um, Maybe we caught them at the wrong time. I still didn't think they looked very good. I still think the Sharks could have won that game, but they got job by the refs, and the injury bug reared its head and took out Tomas Hurdle in the first period. So, dude, what, what do the Sharks do now? Right, That's the first question. I mean, they bring Brent Burns up to forward, which, as you said, may make some some certain people happy. 
I it and makes me shake my head when you say let's move the Norris Trophy winner to forward. That doesn't make sense to me. Right. But as if it's just like, oh well, we'll get all of his offensive gifts and none of his defensive liabilities if we just put him in a completely different position. Right. That's not really how that works. But yeah, it's just hey, let's put Patrice Berger on a defense. Right. You know, he'd, he'd See, be great on defense. Drew Remenda was on Camiar talking to Tom Tolbert, which I still love that he still does that, yeah. even though he he works for the Edmonton Oilers now. And they brought that up again. I mean, it's just probably brought up all the time. Yeah, but, yeah. you know, Tolbert, he brought it up and Drew Manning just laughed. I mean, yeah. he said, like, you know, this is not a thing. Like, this isn't a thing. <laughs> yeah. You know, and, and they said, well, but he's been he's made some really bad plays, which he did against Vegas. Yeah. You know, he, did. You know, he was in the middle of those Absolutely. two final goals. Yep. Yep. And Drew said his pluses far outweigh his negatives and that it's not should not be a thought that Mm -hmm. why would you exactly you just said why would you move the reigning norris trophy winner who is you know rebounded to have a, a decent statistical season and and completely rearrange him and the team it's not an option dude and pete tabor said as much Last night after the game, it's not an option. Like, yeah, did I play him some shifts at forward? Yeah, I did that at the end of the year last year, too, when we were trying to get him his 30th goal. Like, you know, this is not a long-term solution. This was, I was short bodies, and I double-shifted the Wookiee, right? Right, right. And I I should mention, as the the resident advanced stats nerd, uh, he is fifth on the team in Corsi percentage, which has a very strong correlation to possession. So while his plus minus may be outsized negative, it's funny how you hear a lot of people bag on the plus minus stat all the time. And then Brent Burns has this really jaw-droppingly bad plus minus stat. Right. And no one says that much about it. And his, his Corsi percentage is almost 55%. That means 55% of the shots taken when he's on the ice are taken by the Sharks, which means they have the puck a lot more when he's on the ice than when he's not. Now, does that mean... We completely ignore his minus 22? No. But we do need to understand that he is driving possession. It's not like he's on his heels in his defensive zone giving up goals all the time. Right. It's just that the goals seem to be going in. Uh, I'm going to look at PDO because that's another thing that matters. Uh, the save per- Sharks save percentage when he's on the ice is 89.3. That's pretty bad. That's almost the worst on the team. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's not really anything that Brent Burns has a huge amount of control over. You can t- start going into the weeds and talk about shot quality, etc. But the fact is, if we had to explain Brent Burns's outsized stat, and also uh, it, it, it would be a combination of him not playing wonderful defense, also bad luck, right? Right, and also, you know, I mean, the thing that came up that I wish they had gotten into more, because I still don't feel satisfied with the answer, is... You know, they said Brent Burns needs a partner that can bail him out. Yeah. And right now, asking a rookie yes. to do that is unreasonable. And does he miss Paul Martin this year? Yeah, I think he does. Is Paul Martin as good as he was last year? Clearly, the Sharks do not think so. And clearly, the rest of the NHL doesn't either because he remains rotting in a, the Barracuda jersey, right? Right. right. But... um. Do the Sharks need to address this for next year where they need to find a better partner for him unless they think Ryan is going to grow into it? 
you know, are you not maximizing your full Brent Burnsness by not having him with a reliable, steady partner? This could be a chemistry building exercise as well. Sure. Maybe maybe it's just growing pains. He has to him and Ryan need to learn each other's tendencies right. and they can start doing the Paul Ryan thing. And and I'm sure you'll Paul Ryan? Paul Ryan? Yeah, Paul Ryan. <laughs> well, see, it's Joachim Ryan yes, and Paul Martin. Yes. Joachim Martin. So there's going to be a shutdown? <laughs> Are they now the shutdown pair? <laughs> hey! Hey! Oh, hey! We'll be here all week. Hey, dude. So, I mean, you just said a... Um, I can't remember how you just put it, but it was like an experiment or a learning curve or, you know, a trial period here, right? And we're talking about... You know, what are the Sharks going to do moving forward here in these next mm-hmm. two weeks? Right. And I think Pierre Lebrun and Kevin Kurz have speculated on this a lot. And Pierre Lebrun continues to write the sentences, the Sharks will pursue John Tavares in, in the offseason, which just I, I laugh when I read that because well, do I think they're gonna? Yeah. Is sure. he going to come here? Hell no. Right. I mean, he's not. Like, that's not going to happen. Will they have the cap space to do it? Absolutely. You know? Um, but... I don't think that that's something we should be counting on. But they both also mentioned that, you know, maybe management's intentions this year was never to win the Stanley Cup. Or in that you may see in what their moves are in the next two weeks, which could be nothing or actually to sell Mm -hmm. a few, you know, pieces like Yannick Hansen or something like that. That you know they're not gonna give up Gambrel or uh, the kid from Michigan or any or their first round pick to get a six weeks of Evander Kane, you know, right? When they have no intention of keeping him or Rick Nash, who apparently is on the block, right? I mean, and, and you know the Rick Nash idea. If Jomo was here and Hurdle was healthy and we were pushing Vegas for the top seed, then you know what? I might change my tune a little bit to right. what I was like last month. I said, what do we have to lose? Right. We don't have any great future assets anyways. We may as well give them up to try one more time. Mm-hmm. And we know the Nash Thornton story, right? Yep. They played together in Switzerland during the lockout. And they played well at, at uh, I think, at the Olympics together, the, the chemistry or at the, uh, the World Championships. And the chemistry is there. But why are you going to give up major assets for Rick Nash to play with out Joe Thornton like it doesn't make any sense right right especially um in the position the Sharks are in so I I, I'm just I'm questioning if initially where we it's been a roller coaster year dude but initially we're sort of saying the Sharks are playing this all wrong they should be rebuilding to yeah you know what maybe the Sharks should go all in and maybe the window's still there you look at who the leaders in the West are and are they beatable? You know, it's debatable, right? Mm-hmm. To now, wait, was this the plan all along to kind of do what they did a few years ago where they didn't make the playoffs? They had a little bit of a reset year mm-hmm. and then use their cap space to go back all in. Right. I don't know. It's possible. And they certainly have a lot of cap space. How much was it, dude? I just saw you were looking at it. It was a lot, but it's. It's skewed because of how much there's left in the year and how much they've used so far. It says twenty million, but that's like right now they, their projected cap hit is se- is sixty nine million. This is for uh, twenty seven. That's this year. Click so, on the sharks and let's see what the the cap space 
is for next year. So 78 is this year's cap. Right. Uh, so let's just pretend it's the same, which it won't be. But how many in salary commitments do they have right now for next year? 50. So they have, let's just say, $30 million in gap space yeah. I mean, they going can go into get anybody. next year. Right. They could go not just get anybody. They could get to anybody's right. with that. And, you know, the, the salary commitments, they, are going, they need to re-sign Tomas Hurdle. They're going to let Joel Ward walk. Jumbo, I don't know. Maybe you let him walk too. Danny O'Regan, you get him on, you know, you get him on you the qualify cheap or whatever, him. right? You give Tierney some money. Tierney, yeah, you re-sign Tierney and, and Hurdle, but that's not going to cost. I mean, what it, it together, ten million. Yeah, together, right? Right. right? right. Both those players, ten million. And let's throw Demello in there. Let's say you you keep those players, and that's twelve million. You still have. 18 million mm-hmm. now to like go get some guys go get some guys could you get john Tavares and uh jvr for 18 million yeah probably so is this team significantly better if you have john Tavares and jv and <laughs> sure jvr on it of course <laughs> so i don't know i mean maybe that's been the plan all along but right? if you look at other teams that have a lot of cap space um it may you know where you were going i think before is why wouldn't uh, Tavares sign with Nashville, who's got a lot of cap space, or the Canadians, who has a lot of cap space, or Vegas, who has a lot of cap space? Well, these are teams that have cap space right now. I don't yeah. know what their cap space looks like next year and what their what their commitments are, you know, to... Or even a place like the Lightning, or, you know, or Calgary, if he wants to go to Canada. Sure, right. But I mean, sure, okay, you probably can't, you know, he's probably not going to sign Toronto because Toronto's got a lot of young guys and they're paying them a lot. Okay, so there's some guys, there's some teams that are definitely going to be off the table. Probably can't go to the Pens. Well, probably can't go to the Caps. But there's plenty of decent teams out there that are going to be happy to give John Tavares $10 million a year. Sure, sure. I mean, it, but I think what just looking at this list, what we can't see is what their upcoming commitments are going to be. You know, sure. what what do they need to do? You know, I mean, yeah, yeah. Could he go to Vegas? Sure. He's not going to do that. He's not going to do that. He'll be he'll be like the second coming in Vegas. No, I I I don't know. I, I'm not saying that, but I'm just saying. Sure. As much well, as Sharks fans might want to see John Tavares in San Jose, we all must steal ourselves. Well, for, of course, for the eventuality that he will not. No, be he's not coming. Like I mean, like we've never landed a big free agent like that, and we've gone fishing several times. Mm-hmm. Like I don't think that that's a reality. You know, should the Sharks try? Absolutely. Are they going to put their self? In position to try? Yes. Which is why I don't think we're going to see them add any sort of significant salary right now. You know, that unless it's a great hockey trade, I don't think they're going to add any sort of significant salary, dude. Yeah, I'm just sorry. I'm just looking at John Tavares. And yeah, 63 drool- points. Just drooling a little bit. <laughs> just a little bit. Yeah, I mean, it, he'd, he'd make any team better, of course. You know, and he could, you could sell it to him that you could come here and be the new face of the future of this franchise, which has been successful for years. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it may be appealing to him, but um, I'm going to wager no, and that he's going to stay on the East Coast and in the Eastern Conference, and that, you know, those are the teams that... He'll he'll stick it out with dude if he leaves the island, which you know, he may not even do that. 
You right. don't know. Even so. though they're going to be playing some games in Nassau Coliseum. <laughs> Again, How yeah. could you not want to do that? Welcome home. <laughs> to Nassau yeah. Coliseum. So, dude, I mean, what what do you think the Sharks are going to do in the next two weeks? you think they're going to make a small move, um, a major move, like a Rick Nash, or a, or a nothing? I could see them doing what you said. I think they might just try and shed some dead weight. If they can get something for Yannick Hansen, they will. If they can get something for Paul Martin, they will. But that probably would have happened already. But I don't see... Certainly, the Sharks won't be unloading any young players or first-round picks or anything right. like that. But So, yeah. I, I mean, maybe maybe they've said, okay, Daniel Regan's 24. Maybe there's somebody out there who wants to take a chance on Daniel Regan. Let's trade him because we don't think he's going to be an NHL player. Right. As Kevin Kurz has mentioned, I believe, in once or more times that people just aren't sure if he's going to be an NHL player. Maybe there's a, a New Jersey Devils out there to take a flyer <laughs> on him like Mirko Mueller right. and say, right. we think he's an NHL player. Yeah. You know, and we'll give you a How's a Marco Mueller doing this year, by the way? Oh, let's let's look, shall we? This this could be fun. Dude, I could totally see this trade deadline being similar to the one where the Sharks traded a few few guys and then also used some of those pieces to bring in some guys to take their place. Remember that they traded Douglas Murray, yeah. right? Yeah. They try traded Ryan Clough. Yep. And then they brought in Rafi Torres, mm-hmm. and they brought in Scott Hannon. Mm-hmm. So they replaced them, and then the Sharks still made the playoffs. Right. So y- you, you are. I could definitely see them trading Yannick Hansen if someone was interested, and if they gave him a fifth round pick, maybe they turn around and use that fifth round pick to get some other veteran forward yeah. that's in the same sort of boat. Sure. Right. How's he doing, dude? He's got two points. Yeah. In eight. 18 games. Great. And uh, he played two games with the AHL team. So great. He's been out, obviously. He must have been he must have gotten injured or something. Still, we'll take those two second round picks and run. Uh, hell yeah. <laughs> nice move, Ray Shiro. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, dude. Dude, let's see what the Sharks got coming up here. So oh. Vancouver on Thursday, Dallas, St. Louis, and then Nashville. So all on the road. All no, no. Vancouver and Dallas are at home. Oh, sorry. Uh, Vancouver obviously is balls. Uh, Dallas is uh, has more points than the Sharks do at this point. So Dallas By is two. Dallas is not bad. Dallas is not bad. Yeah, that's a that's an even matchup. I think the Sharks get them at home, but you know, if the Sharks are playing without Hurdle and without Thornton, you know, you could see this go south really fast. Mm-hmm. That like yeah. it, the, the sharks, sharks could skid. The sharks here. could skid. The sharks could, if no hurdle, for the next, you know. Although Pavs has come on lately, he has come on. He's thrived in in the role of being a center. Mm-hmm. You know, so um, Meyer's been very good. LeBanc, Chris Tierney, Barkley, Goudreau. These yep. guys have been good, but I don't know if they're good enough to withstand the loss of Hurdle. Right. On top of this, yes, this team is deep enough to make up for the loss of one of their top players, not two. Like I think that that's asking a lot. Unless they play such a defensively focused game that they're trying to beat guys one nothing, you know, mm-hmm. and just really try and tighten it down. But um, it wouldn't surprise me at all if the trade deadline decision is made for the Sharks in the next two weeks because they go one and five. Right. You know, 
Yeah, they just kind of hit the skids a little yeah, bit. Yeah, and it, and it's too bad because I think it would be more a reflection of Hurdle's injury than how they've been playing, which has been okay, you know? Yeah. They've had some good wins. That Anaheim win was a really good win because mm-hmm. Anaheim's now finally at full strength. I mean, they've got everybody back. Right. They went down there and they pants them in the third period. It was so awesome. <laughs> it was fun. Yeah. It was good yeah. for them, you yeah. know? This Sharks team, this Sharks team doesn't quit, dude. They don't quit. That's true. They don't. That's true. That's true. And and you look up and down this lineup without without so much hurdle. And, you know, with Joe Pavelski only having 14 goals, you say, besides Couture, where are the goals going to come from? Right? That's the problem. Well, they've been coming lately from Timo Meyer, you yeah. know, who yeah. has now risen up to 14 goals. And, you know, 20 goals for him is not out of the realm of possibility. And, you know, seeing Kevin LeBanc at, at 31 points in 52 games, you know, he's definitely going to cross the 40-point mark. And you know, I think if you said, hey, Kevin LeBanc is going to get 45 points this year, dude, would you have been happy with that? Oh, hell yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, like, those two guys, they've had some rough stretches, and I'll give Pete DeBoer some credit. He's stuck with them mm-hmm. for the most part, and they've, especially Meyer lately, have been really, really good. Um Chris Tierney, you know, possible 20 goals. He's at 13. Yep. You know, especially if he's being put in more of a feature position, you know, he's risen to expectations. Right. And that's not bad being, you know, basically a third line or below player the entire year. Right. I mean, yeah. That's really good. Absolutely. Output. So there's some bright spots here that I don't know how, if it's going to translate to this playoff run because of you, you're missing your number one center mm-hmm. and now maybe you're missing your, you know, one of your top four wingers, right? Sure. Without In a hurdle. Doubt. Yeah. And uh, that's tough to, to say, okay, well, any team you take their number one center off and their, you know, third or fourth yeah. best winger. A- another top power play guy. Right. Take them off. Yeah. You go, okay, well, uh, the Ducks, good luck. No Getzloff and no Raquel. Yeah. Right? <laughs> right. Then they're they're done too. Right. So, right. Um, yeah, dude, I, I'm just trying to be realistic about it that I think it depends on if Hurdle's back tomorrow, right? Mm. Then yeah. I've heard someone say it's serious. I, I thought I read somewhere that they said it's a serious well, injury. Yeah, I, the thing that I read is that Tapur basically said nothing, which is not good. Right. Yeah, I mean, like, <laughs> yeah. he wasn't like, ah, you know, it's just a bump and he'll be back. Mm-hmm. It was, I don't want to talk about it, which... Right, which is, we're still at, sweeping up the pieces from the locker room. I guess the good news is is, is that it's upper body. Yeah, I guess, <laughs> as long as it's not the same knee again. It's upper body, so a different type of injury for... Uh, him to deal with yeah yeah well dude the sharks are facing some adversity now but they've managed to win some games let's see if they can continue with some actually pretty uh, without barring vancouver these are the next game next three game or three of the next four will all be against teams that have more points than them right dallas st louis and nashville and chicago is friday and they are having definitively an off year uh surprisingly but it's still, still Chicago. It's still Chicago. and But Dallas, St. Louis, and Nashville will give the Sharks everything they can handle. Can they do it with a depleted offensive uh, core here? No. It's not, look, <laughs> it's not looking so good. I, I, I don't feel good about it. I mean, I'm very proud of how they've played. 
you know, without Joe, I think they've played really hard and there's been some really good results. But uh, removing a hurdle from the mix, this is a, a tall task. And if they are able to pull this off, it's going to be because guys like LeBanc, Meyer, and Tierney reach a whole other level, mm-hmm. you know, of, uh, of talent that we haven't seen yet. We've seen them be above average players. Are they going to rise to someone going to have like a incredible star sort of run here? Mm-hmm. It's not impossible, dude, but, um, the other thing too is you may, maybe St. Louis and Nashville are going to, not take the Sharks seriously without Joe Thornton, and they may be able to sneak up on them. Right. The Sharks have really good special teams. That has continued. And if they can continue to capitalize there, you know, they may uh, be able, be able to, to steal some points. Yeah. yeah. But I'm trying to be realistic here. No Thornton, no hurdle. That's tough. That's really tough to overcome, dude. It certainly is. Well, dude, we'll be back again next week. See if the Sharks can weather the storm. That's right, dude. Don't break my heart. Go, Sharks. Want to get your questions on the air? Email questions at dudesonhockey.com. Dudes on Hockey is not affiliated with the San Jose Sharks organization or the National Hockey League.